From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. How's your voice doing? Are you gonna ha- are you gonna be able to hang in there, Scott? Because you're not having a great voice day. No, I'm not. I don't know what it was. Just I think I felt it coming on for a couple of days, and now it hit. And as you can hear, my voice is not great. It's uh, so I didn't even do the news today. We uh, used one of our technical producers, Malcolm, who filled in on what you need to know. He did a fine job. Yeah, yeah, he did. Hey, everyone needs a first shot, and we kind of gave that to Malcolm this morning. <laughs> he didn't know when he woke up this morning, but he did. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I also have a little, like, I don't know what's going on, if it's weather-related or something, but I'm also not feeling 100% in my voice. Um, but that said, this one might be short, uh, but we will, if that's the case, if we do end up making this shorter than usual, we'll bring you a longer one tomorrow. And we have a special guest on tomorrow, too. Oh, can I mention that quickly before we continue on here? Yeah. So our buddy, Tony Johal, great real estate agent um, out of the Waterloo region, but also beyond. I mean, his team works all around um, this area. And he is coming on the podcast to talk about a couple different things. Number one, yeah, the market currently, sure. But also, I want to talk to him a little bit about Halloween stuff. And by that, I mean haunted houses. I'm going to straight up ask him about what needs to be known about haunted houses. Has he sold a haunted house according to that owner anyway? And what are the rules regarding death or bad things that have happened inside a house when you sell it. I am curious about all those things. So we're going to ask him those questions. Plus, of course, the, any questions you have. So if you do have questions, you can DM at Voice of Cat, uh, Cat with a K, or at Scott Fox on Air. And we'll try to get to as many of them as we can tomorrow as we chat with Tony, who is just a, a, a wonderful real estate agent. He knows what he's talking about. So if you're looking for advice too, feel free to text. Oh, that'll be fun tomorrow. Uh, okay, we'll run down a couple of things that are going on. Yesterday, the Ontario NDP removed Sarah Jama from caucus following her statement about the conflict between Israel and Hamas. I uh, I don't know what, what took so long. I, I don't understand what took so long. I, I don't know why it took so long. But the MPP for Hamilton Center is not retracting her original statement. She says she apologizes for it, but she's not retracting it. Still posted to the top of her Twitter feed. She uh, she doubled down on it. So now she's been censured in the legislature. Can't even talk until she apologizes. And she's not affiliated with a party. Hamilton Center deserves a by-election. We should have a by-election. I know they just elected her a few months ago, but this is clearly not what a lot of people in town signed up for. So... I think we should have a by-election there personally. Don't know that we can do that. I don't think we can, but it would be nice. There is new legislation that's been proposed, Cat, on timeshares and I'm gym t- memberships. Okay, I'm curious. This is from the Ford government. The minister in charge says laws have not been comprehensively updated since 2005, and a lot has changed since then. So this legislation would allow you to exit a timeshare contract after 25 years. If you still love it, you can stay in. If you've had enough, after 25 years, you're free. You could walk away from your timeshare. Does this seem like, okay, help me out with timeshares because yeah. I always just avoid them. I, I know people who have them that enjoy them. That's great. For me, I want to own something or not at all. That's just me. So when it comes to timeshares, what is the current, like you can seriously have a timeshare and not be able to get out of it? I mean, I've heard the commercials on the radio before. Yep. We'll help you get out of your timeshare. You know, all those people that help. And that's great that there's assistance there. I had no idea that in some cases you can be absolutely stuck. Yeah. Well, you're committing to something. I, I don't really know that we need this legislation. And here's why. If you got suckered into it, if you got the sales pitch and you bought into it hook, line and sinker and handed over your money, 
you clearly thought it was a good idea. If you want out of it after the fact, there should be a financial penalty. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for people who sign up for a timeshare and then think, oh, shit, this isn't really what I want to do. Yeah, I know people that try to pass it down or try to sell it, right? Is that the case? You try to sell it to somebody else? Is that how that works? Yeah, usually. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, you made a, a, a commitment. You did a financial transaction. People buy homes all the time. And if you don't like the home, well, then it's on you to sell the home if you want to get your money out of it. So I... Hey, if we need it, maybe we should have it. Is there a lot of people being swindled into them? I know it's high pressure sales tactics, but you have a lot of opportunity to not write a check. So I don't know how high sales tactic it is, but either way, apparently this is an issue. The other parts of this that are really good, new rules for long-term leases on heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. That's, uh, oh shit, I signed up for a new furnace with reliance and it's costing me a lot of money in the long run. There'll be new protections there for that. Good, I'm glad to hear that. The other part is they're going to ban businesses from creating unnecessary barriers when you want to cancel a subscription or a membership. Mm -hmm. This is the quit the gym phenomenon. Right, yeah, and I remember, do you remember especially in COVID, beginning of COVID, people all decided, well, I gotta work it at home because the gyms are all closed. And that's where they had a huge issue and realized how hard it was to get out of those memberships. Yeah. And it was kind of like a big slew of people all in one time trying to get out. And gyms, for some reason, were always brought up as one of those things that was hard to cancel. I respect a company that makes it easy to cancel subscriptions for things. It should always be easy. It should always be easy, right? And I mean, I'll credit stuff like uh, Amazon for that, where it's like, you just go on, boom, you're done, great, I'm out. I don't want Prime anymore, easy. Uh, Streaming services, not too bad. You have to find them and sure they don't make it the easiest. It's not like when you sign in, it's going to be like, did you want to end this? You have to find it, but there's there's companies that, that make it easy for you and companies that make it hard for you. And you should never make it hard for someone. Yeah, the gym is just... It seems like a bit of a juggernaut. Why is it hard? You should be able to walk in and say, I don't want my subscription anymore. And then really all, the only question is, when does the payment stop? At the end of this month or the beginning of the last? Yeah, exactly. And and in some cases, like I gotta say, like I know you have to go into the gym in some cases. You shouldn't have to do that. Why do we even need to make it that hard? Why can't we, why can't this just be by an email transaction? We all know there's sign now documents or documents. You want someone to sign it? Fine. There's lots of ways to do that. People do that every day. Signing documents online. Why do you have to make someone physically go in? Because you're making it harder for them because you don't want them to quit. Yep. That's why. Well, this is a good piece of legislation. I haven't read the whole thing, mind you, but the premise seems good. Timeshares, I'm indifferent on that, but all the rest of it, those are good consumer protections. The city of Hamilton advising everybody, be prepared for a transit strike. It could severely impact city services as of midnight Wednesday if the amalgamated transit union does not work out a deal with the city. You know, you guys can keep pissing uh, pissing money away on transit. You guys can keep investing in LRTs and subways and go trains and buses, and it doesn't fucking matter. If you don't get transit running reliably, it doesn't matter because people are not going to trust transit. Another strike in a big city like Hamilton... All that does is reinforce the need to have a car. We can't have transit strikes. It should be an essential service. Yeah. That's all there is Along to it. Along with a bunch of other things that should be an essential Well, yeah, but I mean... But here, yeah, I here, hear you. We can't have it anymore. Absolutely. If we need to rely on transit, then we need to rely on transit. And if, if you can just shut down an entire city like Hamilton over a labor dispute, no, 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 doesn't work that way.
It's got to be an essential service if they walk. Even if they don't walk, it should be an essential service. Labor issues should never affect transit. Halton police talking about the auto theft rings that are happening in the GTA, Cat. I didn't know this, but one of the things they're seeing a lot of is home break-ins where they break in and steal nothing but the car keys. Yeah. A lot of people keep their keys right near the door, right? Yes. Yes. And you see these videos, and I'll I'll admit I'm guilty of it sometimes, but I do have one of those pouches that I bought. Fairway pouch? I just forget to put my keys in it sometimes. Ah. So I catch myself doing it like, come on, cat, or, or put it in a different area of the home. But it's convenient, right? When it's right there at the door. And that's what these criminals are banking on, that you keep it at the door. Yep. And even if you don't think it's near the door, are your keys in your coat pocket? Did you hang your coat yeah. by the door? Thieves know where to look. Yeah, and those sensors, the uh, technology that they use goes right through the coat. That's why you have to get a special pouch for it or keep it far away. 50, five, zero. Of those style break-ins already this year, just between Oakville, Burlington, and Halton Hills, 50 different homes have been broken into just to steal the car keys. They say the best way to protect yourself, keep your nice car out of sight, always park in the garage. If you can, yeah. Not everybody, it's not that easy for everybody. Why? Because they got stuff in it? Yeah, well, I suppose. If you've got a 60, 70, 80, $90,000 car, you should clear out your, your garage. Yeah, it's true. And if, I suppose if you're that person that has multiple really expensive cars, like I don't think anyone's going to feel bad for you, I guess. That's the problem. Okay, can I tell you what someone I know did? Yeah. They put in one of those um, things at the end of the driveway. There are bars that are in the ground. So yes. they, these company installs these steel bars. That's what they are, basically. And they go up and down, kind of like your garage door goes up and down. So he parks his, he's got a couple of very expensive cars. He parks them in the driveway and just hits that button and the steel bars come up. So... Could the person technically try to steal it still? It would take way too much time and they usually, they'll pass on it. I don't know how much it was to install. I don't even want to ask. I don't even want to know. But he said, like, these are my cars. These are, I love them. I don't want to have to go through insurance if something happens. So I installed this in the bottom of my driveway. It's not that bad. If you get a professional installer to do it, I looked into it too, just to block off the end of my driveway with those things that come up. It's great. They come right out of the ground. Like you said, Uh, they really only have to dig a hole that's three inches around and it only needs to go down about, I think it was 16 inches. Not far down. Was it like 10 grand or something? Oh God, no. It was like half that. What? Yeah. Really? What I was looking up was like 10. I guess it all depends. Maybe there's different options. Okay. Interesting. And there are options for it. Keep yourself safe and I'm glad that they're just breaking in for the keys. I know that sounds bad, but it always scares me. Anytime someone breaks into a home, there's a number of things that could happen, right? Bell Media splashing out $410 million in cash to buy outdoor advertising company Outfront Media. Outfront Media has those billboards, the digital ones that are up everywhere, mainly along highways and near malls. Right. 9,325 billboards and digital displays across Canada for $410 million. Does this mean any competitors can't advertise on them or they'll still take your money, right? Oh, they'll take your money. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they always, and we'll take theirs if they want to send yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they have. Uh, get Not ready. necessarily Bell, but Rogers has. Get ready. Almost 9,500 billboards going to Bell. And it's all going to be to promote, I don't know, like the fucking rookie on CTV or something shitty like that. Well, that's what I mean. Because they, I mean, they'll use their, they'll use it to their advantage. I don't know. The rookie's on global, isn't it? I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't it, know. It, it, the voice. It, the go. voice. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, 
Oh, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem, that son of a bitch. Your favorite. Has warned the premiers that asked the central bank not to raise le- uh, rates last month. Their requests could undermine the inst- in- institution's independence. There we go. So the premiers of Ontario, BC, and Newfoundland and Labrador wrote a letter to Tiff Macklem ahead of the Bank of Canada's September rate decision, asking the bank not to raise rates again because of the concerns about the effect on Canadians. Macklem responded to those letters, acknowledging higher interest rates are making life challenging for Canadians. However, he warned institutions, instructions or requests from elected officials could give the impression that the Bank of Canada's independence is at risk. Can I just put this in plain and simple terms for people? This is the Bank of Canada that wants you to believe that they're independent, even though they're all appointed by the cabinet. They're all appointed by the finance minister. They have jobs because of the government. That's not independent at all. Not even a little bit. If Christian Freeland wanted to get rid of Tiff Macklem, he'd be gone. If Justin Trudeau wanted to get rid of Tiff Macklem, He'd be gone in a heartbeat. This is a cabinet decision, meaning it's the prime minister's decision because he controls cabinet. For them to claim that they're independent is complete and total bullshit. The reason they're saying that is because they're trying to provide cover for their boss. Oh, oh, no, no. We make our own decisions. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it seems like every left-leaning democracy in the world has done the exact same thing identically, raising rates to 5 or 5.5%. They're not independent at all. And Tiff Macklem really just wants to be able to do his job without anybody questioning him. And that's not how a job works. You work for us, you fucker. So leave the rates alone. Listen to the premiers because they're talking to constituents and they actually have to worry about constituents where the Bank of Canada has already said they don't care. They don't care what happens to rates. They only care about inflation and they need unemployment to go up. They need people to lose their job and trigger a recession. We don't, don't listen to anything these people say is my advice to you. The Bank of Canada are just a bunch of, I'll leave it there. You can fill in your own. Okay. One more. An off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot just charged with 83 counts of attempted murder after he tried to disable the engine of a flight. Alaska Airlines Flight 2059 diverted and landed safely in Portland, Oregon after a, quote, credible security threat on Sunday night. The off-duty pilot was sitting in the jump seat when he attempted to disrupt the operation of the engines. The flight's captain and first officer quickly responded and subdued him. The aircraft engine power was not lost. But this is a guy that works with them. Hey, can I catch a flight with you to here, there, or wherever? No problem. Sit in the jump seat. And he tried to bring down the plane. Oh, my goodness. What do we do with somebody like that, Kat? Whoa, whoa. 83 counts. I think first and foremost, we've got to stop the jump seat, right? We can't have people flying around in the jump seat that may jump and try and overtake the pilot. Yeah. Or kill the engines. That's a scary situation. That's a scary thought. Do you want to hear from one of the passengers that was on the flight? Yeah. I was panicked. I was alone in the back um, and, you know, everyone was shifting around um, trying to figure out what was happening. After we did land and the gentleman was escorted off, the flight attendant got back on the speaker and said, plain and simple, he had a mental breakdown. That's it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh... Plain and simple, he had a mental breakdown, huh? 
Yeah, but he could have taken down an entire plane yeah. and, and damaged whatever on the ground and killed 83 yeah. people plus crew. Well, I don't think it's so simple. You know what I mean? I think it's, uh, yeah. But is it that easy? Like we go out of our way, every single one of us when we fly. Yeah. Extra you- screen to make sure we don't have any fucking bombs in our shampoo or toothpaste. You mean to tell me that someone who works for the airline and is having a bad day can get into the cockpit? No questions asked. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, well, this is this goes back to a conversation. We've had plenty of conversations on this kind of uh, subject, and it goes back to trust, right? We just trust that everything's going to be fine. We trust these the people that are working it. Like, never mind someone who's not supposed to be there but works for them. It could also be someone who's actually working there in that moment. I mean, you never know what's going through someone's mind. It's a scary thought, for sure. Let's play this. Today, Britney Spears' memoir is out. And the person who produced, or was he the director of The Notebook? This is the casting director of The Notebook. So she told us in advance to her book being released a couple of things. And one of them was that she was actually up for the role in The Notebook. And in my mind, I thought, okay, cool. You and like seven other people, I'm sure, right? That's kind of how it works. They'll they'll narrow, narrow it down from there. The casting director confirms not only did she beat out the likes of Scarlett Johansson, Claire Danes, many other actresses, um, Jessica Biel, Justin Timberlake's wife. She was neck and neck with with Rachel McAdams for this role in The Notebook, which would have been interesting because it would have reunited her with Ryan Gosling, a fellow Mouseketeer. Ultimately, my humble opinion, they went with the right person in Rachel McAdams. She's definitely the perfect person for the role. But in talking about this, he's also released her casting tape. Let's have a listen. So this is what The Notebook could have sounded like. It may not seem like it, but I really am. For seven years, no matter what I did, I couldn't get you out of my mind. And then, and then I met Lon and I told him I'd marry him and I, and I want to marry him, I really do. But then I saw your picture in the paper and I knew I had to see you again because we never really finished things, not really. And now I'm here and it's like, I feel so much and all these adulcet feelings have come back and I don't know, but I still love Lon and I, I'd never break off our marriage, I would never do that. But basically, all I want to do is crawl in a hole and stay there for the rest of my life. How did that sound? Would that have fit with the movie? Or is it just too, we know Rachel McAdam in the role too well yeah, I mean, that that sounds weird? That's what happens, right? Is that you know who's in the role now and then the, everything else sounds weird to you. That sounds weird to me, knowing that Rachel McAdams, for me, again, was probably the right person for it. But who knows what would have happened? That's the thing with life. Life is an interesting thing. Who knows what would have happened if Britney had gotten that role? Would things have changed for her? Maybe, maybe not. But it is interesting. I totally agree. Uh, Good on Gail King. And I don't say that very often, but Gail finally asked a question that I think a lot of people may have had a discussion about. Listen to her. There's something interesting. Uh, Listen to her talking to Jay-Z. Sing online, Jay. I'd love to hear what you think about this. If you had a choice between getting paid $500,000 in cash or lunch with Jay-Z, which would you choose? You got to take the money. What am I going to say? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything now I'm going to say. No, everything. no, only because people say, of course you take you take lunch with Jay-Z because the wisdom that you would get from him would would be so uh, beneficial to you that it would yeah. only be a matter... You but, would take the money? Yeah, because you. You, got the, you got all that in the music for, for $10.99. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad deal. I, would, I wouldn't tell you to cut a bad deal. Like, I don't take know. Take the $500,000. Go buy some albums and listen to the albums. It's all there. If you, okay. you if you piece it together and really listen to the music for the words, for what it is, it's all there. Everything that I said was going to happen, happened. Everything that I said I wanted to do, I've done. 
and there's the blueprint. The blueprint, literally, to me and my life and my journey is is there already. Yeah. Yeah, well said, well, Daisy. you yes. got to dig a lot to find it. It's all well and good to say listen to the music, but where, where am I getting business advice in 99 Problems? Where am I getting business advice or life advice even in Dirt Off Your Shoulder? That's only stuff that's known. He has so many songs. But I hear what he's saying. It's a waste. It's a waste. Why would you, why would you give up $500,000 to talk to me? That sounds stupid. That's a dumb move. Financially, you're making a stupid choice right off the bat, in my opinion. Stupid choice. There's not one person who I would pass up 500000 and I'm talking business-wise or life advice-wise. I'm not talking about keep like past relatives that have passed on out of this, okay? It's not a personal thing. This is about financial or life advice. I guess you could put it both categories out there. Who would you sit down with that you would pass up $500,000 to sit down with and get advice from? That's the question. For me, there's not one person. Not a one person that I would say, I'll give up this $500,000 that I could potentially turn into millions of dollars with the right investment info over having lunch with someone. Okay. Not a fucking chance. You're also spoiled though, because you get FaceTime with me every day. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Okay. So 500,000 is too much. There must be a price. You must be willing to pay. You must see some value in the wisdom of someone sure. that you put money on the line for. Who would that be? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, are we just, are we going to stick to finances? Can we, should we stick to one category only here? Cause I feel like there's so many different ways you could go with this. Okay. Well, first off, cross off like dead relatives and stuff. Like, yes. Like we'd we all said, be able to, yes, oh, I'd pay like money to. to have dinner with my grandfather again. Of course. Again. Of course. Forget, and, forget that. Yeah. Forget that. Okay. So forgetting all of that. Someone that can make your life better. You think from their advice. From their advice. Um, I'd probably go with, um, uh, I got to go with a, a good investor. I'd probably do that. I'd probably do a good investor. Really? Yeah. Like a Kevin O'Leary? I would or- do a Ke- you know what? I would absolutely do a Kevin O'Leary. And I don't know what his price would be for a lunch, but if you, 10 is the max that I go. I'm going to be honest with you. There's not one person I go over $10,000 for. Because again, I could take that money and I'm pretty, I am pretty confident in myself that I could turn that into more money. However, that money could be worth way, way more if I give it up for someone like a Kevin O'Leary. So I'm going to actually throw his name out there. Wow. Give me a shark. Give me a shark. Mark Cuban, I'll throw it as well. Mark Cuban, that's good. That's a good choice too, I think. I don't disagree with you on Mark Cuban or Kevin O'Leary. I have a slightly different take. So I think Warren Buffett is the gold standard. In fact, every year he, for charity, auctions off a lunch with him. And people are paying millions for a lunch with him just to get a little insight, maybe a stock tip, something uh, about the way the economy is going. And I think it would be cool to hear from someone who truly understands. Unlike Tiff Macklem, I'd love to talk to Warren Buffett about how the actual economy works. Can I ask you a question on that though? Yeah. Because if you're not alone, by the way, when we talked about this on the radio show, several people said, and I'm going to, I'm going to just throw out a question though. Does his, does his advice still seem relevant today though? Warren Buffett made most of his money many years ago. He's 93 years old. Does he really understand investments today is the only question that I would pose for you. I'm going to say yes. Berkshire Hathaway is still a massive investment firm. I think he is still relevant. And I think we could learn a lot from someone like him who's lived through so many different eras, so many different generations, so many different types of workforce. I think he is the gold standard. But I would also say, I got two others that I would pay money Okay, for. I want to throw some names out. After you name these, if they're not on this list, I have a few other names I want to throw out, and you tell me how much that's worth to you. For similar but different reasons, I'd love to sit down and have lunch with Donald Trump. 
I want to know how he went from obscure candidate to president of the United States. I want to know about a lot of shit that happened in the White House when he was there and in charge and what version of the story we got. I'd especially like to hear what kind of pressure he was getting from his staff during COVID when he wanted to to go in a different direction, but the, the world wanted to keep COVID going. I'd love to hear about that. And let's face it, he's a billionaire. I want to hear his business advice too. Okay, so I think advice would be key there because don't just sit down to hear some gossip. That's no. not worth money. No, but I'd but like to hear the history of it all. How much would you spend? What's your dollar number? Donald Trump's right here. He's ready to have lunch with you today. What's your dollar number? And, and I have an infinite amount of money to spend? No, let's say you can take this amount of money, right? There's a certain okay. amount of money that you can take or you can have lunch with Donald Trump. What's the amount that I threw at you that you're like, eh, that's not enough. I'm going to do Donald Trump. But any more than that, I'd probably take the money. 100 grand. Hundred fucking thousand? Oh, you're nuts. For a day with Donald Man, Trump. Man, oh, hundred grand. No fucking way. And there's gotta be a round of golf though. No, I see, play golf no, with no, him no, too. no, no, no. You sit down for advice and have lunch. That's the fucking question. Okay. One thing. Okay, can I throw out a few more names real quick? Can sure. you just tell me a dollar amount? Okay. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Uh I think that what I get from him would be I think he knows the real story about what's going on in the world. I think he's got it figured out. And I think that's part of the reason that he bought X is because he saw so much free speech being suppressed and he wanted some of the things out there that are true, but got labeled misinformation to be able to thrive. So Elon Musk, I'd pay the same amount as Trump, hundred grand. So I give you a hundred five grand. No. I might even pay more for Elon. You know I, mean? I didn't even think of Elon, but yeah, Elon's a good Elon? one. What about Kim Kardashian? Yeah. Um, she's a good businesswoman. So she's a billionaire. People don't give her credit. She's no. a fucking, her company's worth 4 billion at last valuation. They just released Skim's line for men or that's coming out at the end of the month. She's going to make another billy. People love to hate on Kim Kardashian, but one thing I'll say about her is you don't have to like how she got to where she is, but you got to respect mm. where she is. Here it is. You have lunch with either Kris Jenner or Kim Kardashian. Uh, Jen- you know who Jenner's who- even smarter and yeah. she knows, uh, she knows who killed Ron and Nicole. Uh, <laughs> you bet your ass she does. I just want anyway, to know for sure. Listen, take these questions into uh, into life with you. Ask your spouses tonight or, or whatever and ask your kids, ask your neighbors, whatever, because it is interesting. And I feel like it's a personality quiz, too, at the same time. How about you? King Charles. I, I'm not. No, I'll take money, whatever money you got. Five bucks. Give me that. I don't care. The Pope. I wouldn't pay more than a thousand. Really? Uh Barack Obama. Oof. That one's probably 10 grand for me. Really? Yeah. He'd be great to talk to. I think so too. I actually, he's probably the only politician, to be honest with you, the only politician that I'll say that about is $10,000. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, good, good. Uh, One other thing we want to get to in this episode is one of the most controversial and texted about topics we've had on our radio show in months. Months, guys. This is insane. The story is self-explanatory, but I'll set it up for you. It is a Gen Z woman who just finished college and just got her first nine-to-five job. And she's not adjusting well. Listen to this. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, But this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work and it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower 
eat my dinner and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Nothing to do with my job at all. But just, like, the 9 to 5 schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office 9 to 5, like, if it was remote, you get off at 5. And you're home and everything's fine. But, like, I'm not home. It takes me long to get home and, like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine <laughs> I don't think it sounds fine, sweetie. I don't think it sounds fine at all. A <laughs> um, uh, couple of things on that. We got text right away. Don't make any decision on your period. Which made me laugh. That made me laugh. But Scott, I got to say, like overall, we'll try to sum it up with some, just some highlights of texts we got. Because like Scott said, we received so many texts. A, this resonated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. These words did. Yep. But it amazed me right off the hop how many texts we got from simple things lines just saying even though she's kind of looking for advice here saying suck it up princess put your big girl pants on welcome to the real world kid all that kind of shit and that disappointed me yeah because that's not what she's asking for really she's venting Mm -hmm. as people do sure and they use tiktok for it too maybe she's already had these conversations with her parents or older siblings whatever the case is but i think if you're to give advice that's what's valuable here because suck it up is not advice no But there was some good advice that did come in. And before we get to the texts and talk about our our own opinions on it, what I will say is I was there too. I was in that exact same spot. I was commuting to downtown Toronto at the time uh, that I worked for the Junos, okay? And I'm I'm totally fine telling you guys all about that. It was awful, the commute, right? If the GO train had a good day, it took me like an hour and a half with all the stops to get there. Uh Getting home sometimes was delayed, delayed. I was... Working a nine to five, but I was away from home. And at the time, it's not like I had kids. I didn't have anything else, like really big responsibilities in life, kind of. I had my partner and that was that. And I left the house at seven o'clock in the morning and I didn't get back till 7 p.m. on a good day. Mm -hmm. It took a toll on me at 23 or whatever I was at the time. And I went this. I realized, though, it was a good life lesson. And that's what I would tell her. Let this be a life lesson. If you hate this right now. Not like you have to necessarily quit right away because clearly she likes her job and that's a good thing. It's hard for people to even find a job they like. So the fact that she found a job she likes, I would say try to work with it for now. But work your way out of that if you don't like that lifestyle. You have to figure it out. It's not something you're going to be able to do overnight. But if you hate it, you're going to hate it when you're older, when you try to get married, when you're trying to have kids and then you get back to work and then you're away from your kid for that long. There's a lot of downside. So I totally empathize with her. And I, I understand that time in your life when you realize, holy shit, this is what it's like. Because everyone thinks, oh, work in the big city. It's the best. There's a lot of people who take, um, who have to, unfortunately, make sacrifices to do that in order to do that. And good for you if you can do it every single day. But just because you do it, a lot of textures I realized have said, suck it up, do it. Just because it's for you doesn't mean it's for everyone. Not to say it's not for her either, but she needs advice to help her out in the meantime. So we got some good texts. For example, uh, preparing ahead of time. Find a routine. Use a couple of hours on a Sunday to make all of your lunches and your dinners. It sucks to take some time out of your weekend, but if you want to continue this and you like your job, you're going to have to do it. Uh, Take personal time on your commute to call your friends. Catch up with them. 
Uh, try to find some friends at work or around that area so that you do still socialize after work before you head home. Maybe that'll cut down on your commute time if you're driving, right? If you're leaving later than usual. So all these things were really good advice. But I don't know about you, but I was shocked at how many people were just like, Gen Z, lazy fuckers. Like, easy. Like, I was, I'm a millennial. I was in that boat, and I'm one of the hardest fucking working people I know. It has nothing to do with the lack of wanting to work. But she's realizing the work-life balance thing isn't there. And did we all set them up for that? We did. The 40-hour work week, the traditional work week, this is something that labor actually fought for back in the day. Nine to five, Monday to Friday, for some reason became the standard. I have always worked those type hours. Now, I work a little earlier because I work in a different industry, but I'll tell you, when I was working downtown, there was that one year where I worked at Kiss 92.5. It was like 2012 or something like that, and I had to go right down to Bloor and Jarvis every day, and I fucking hated it. I hated it. Mm -hmm. The cost of parking was ridiculous. It took forever. I started at nine, so I had to leave at seven just in case traffic was bad. Sometimes I ended up at work five minutes before my shift, sometimes an hour and five minutes before my shift. It all depends on traffic. The commute will drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. Transit is no better. It'll get you there, but it's no better as far as saving time or reliability. So what do you do? Number one, I'll say it again, we've got to go back to talking about the four-day work week. Everyone would be happier, more productive. It's better for the environment. You would still make your money. Work would still get done. Everybody would be happier if you can just get your boss to be more creative. And if you're the boss, figure it out because this is the way it's going. Remember when they said uh, uh, hybrid work is here to stay? Well, hybrid work is still more or less here. Not at every company. Not every company kept it. But the ones who did, they're doing okay with it. Mm -hmm. And we will eventually all transition over to the four-day work week. It's just a matter of how long we want to torture ourselves. Can you work nine to five, Monday to Friday? Maybe you work 10, 11, 12 hours a day. Okay, great. It's not right though. We shouldn't be. This woman's right. I don't want my kids doing that either. They're about the same age as this girl is. And I don't want my daughter hating her life every time she wakes up in the morning thinking, oh, fuck, here we go again. I do that. That's me. That's my life. And I don't want that for my kids. Now's the time to make a generational change. Let's pivot and fix the system. It doesn't need to be the way it is. And no, the universal basic income is not the solution for that either. We should really just make a change. And I feel bad for people that don't have choices. You know, this woman probably lives in the burbs, probably with her parents and commutes into the city. Well, how many people in Southern Ontario have to commute into Toronto every day? Yes. And and maybe you're thinking, well, you know, if you live in, I don't know, Milton and you work in Toronto, that's your choice. You could get a job closer to home. No, you fucking can't. Not every industry does that. If you work in advertising, there's not a lot of giant advertising agencies in Milton. They're all in Toronto. Media, uh, you name it. All those industries, financial services, all of them, all of those jobs are in one area. So you've got to either move, which is totally unaffordable right now, or you've got to commute and people don't have a lot of choices there. I feel bad for this woman. She sounds trapped. I hope she can find a way to find a better work-life balance. Some of those suggestions that came in were great. One thing we should definitely not do is shame people or call them names or say things like suck it up and put on your big girl pants. Just because you did it doesn't mean the next generation has to, is my point. And we could make a change now that would be better for everybody. Listen to how unhappy that girl is. She's in fucking tears. 
I think a lot of people were when they had the reality of school's done. Now you've got to go to a job. And it's like jail. Yeah. Same hours, same people, same place every fucking day. Well, and I mean, for her, I think, or for some people, it's not about the job itself, right? It's Again, I think for her, it seems to be the commute that's, that she's yes. realizing is the issue. And time is money. I tell people this all the time that have the exact, that want advice from me. Your time is valuable. Your time, all we have at the end of the day is time. That's all you have. All you had when the, the day you die, you look back, all you had was time. How did you spend it and how did you want to spend it? That said, there's people who commute. They have no problem commuting. They, in fact, enjoy their drive. Uh, sometimes it was nice. When I was working at Z, I was living in Cambridge and people would always ask me, but I, I like, well, oh, you commute. I didn't mind the 40 minute drive. I had my coffee on the way to work. I, I'd listen to different radio stations. I'd listen to my favorite podcasts on the way. So I knew my threshold basically of how much I was willing to to give up of my precious time in order to go to a job that I did love right and I think we all need to figure that out I found so many people who were texting that I would love to ask them about how they feel about their jobs or what they do we actually talked to someone this morning who called into the show because they felt so passionate about it well, you know, you got to fucking do it. And I work 50 hours a week and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, four hey, kids hey, at home I got four kids. I got fucking, you just got to fucking do it. And I said, hang on a second. Hang on though. Because what works for one person doesn't work for everybody. Right. So it, they're not out to ask you what, you know what I mean? What you do for a living and, and oh, okay, I'll do whatever you do. That's not working for them. Maybe it works for you. Maybe you want to be overworked and that's what you enjoy. Like to me, that sounds fucking awful. Terrible. It sounds terrible. It sounds like you're stressed out. And you're taking that out on this person who's just trying to figure out what she wants because she's young and still being still able to make different decisions. There's some people who do feel stuck. And I'm with you there. I feel bad for those people. I know people who did that for their entire lives. And when they retired, they'll tell me, you know, when these are relatives, family members that go, fuck cat, if I would have done it again, I do it differently. Because like I said, all you have is time. So that part, there's really nothing I can tell those people that commute and don't want to commute other than you have to figure something else out. You might have to go to a job that you like a little bit less to be able to drive a little bit to be closer to home. You might need to try to find that remote work and it could take you time. You might need to switch paths, whatever that might be for you. You might need to make a change, but never settle and think that that's fucking life, kids. Suck it up. I feel bad for you if that's your mentality. I really, truly feel bad for you because you've never, you didn't manage to figure it out. I feel bad. And I know some people feel like, again, they're stuck. I, I do empathize with that. I do feel bad, but just because it's that's your story doesn't mean that needs to be anyone else's story. Right. It's not the norm anymore. People have found ways to get around it. Even people that <clears throat> have some flexibility in their job. It, some people have a nine to five and they're on shift the whole time. They're answering calls at a call center or they're doing this or doing that. They got to work nine to five. Others have a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, you can fire off a couple of emails and go for a 20 minute smoke break. Uh, come back and answer a couple of calls and then you fuck off for a two hour lunch. When you have that kind of flexibility, it's easy to discount people like this that have to be at their job. And again, she's yeah. not complaining about her job. She's complaining about the lifestyle. 12 hours a day, completely occupied with work, even though it's an eight-hour shift. And it's because of the commute. It's the, the time that it takes because it's right in the middle of the day. Yeah, she doesn't have time to go to the gym anymore. Doesn't have time to date anymore. Probably all she has time for is basics, laundry and shit like that. And then it's right back to work. Got to get to bed so you can get up the next day to go to yeah. work. And I, it, so many of our texters had that exact same problem too. And I feel for you. I feel for you. Do you want me to give her some practical advice? Yeah. <clears throat> Best advice I can give. And if you want, you can give me $100,000 and I'll have lunch for, with you. <laughs> for more. 
Just you wait. You can spend $100,000. And you pick up the bill, of course. But either way, for hundred grand, i will have lunch with you, and I'll tell you this advice, but I'll give it to you now for free. Get out. Get out of here. Find yourself a nice American guy and get yourself citizenship and work status in the States or apply for a green card. Get out of here. Yeah, but their mentality is just the exact same as ours. Oh, they work to live, not what is it? Live to work or work to live? What is it? Anyway, they're the same as us. Very similar. However, one thing I will point out is even in the big cities, you can still get affordable real estate in most parts of America. You're probably not going to get an apartment downtown Manhattan. That's not realistic. It's just as expensive as Toronto. But if you're working in Philadelphia, if you're working in Boston, if you're working in Washington, if you're working in Atlanta, Miami, you can still get accommodation fairly close to the city core. And far less of your money goes to housing there. It goes to you. They don't tax you as much. And tax is the biggest thing. Hey, if we all went to work and brought home as much as we actually earn, maybe we'd all be a lot happier. But so much tax comes off that you work eight hours. It takes you 12 hours total round trip. And then you see what you actually take home. And you're like, what's the fucking point? Uh, go to the States. I would do you one better. Go to Europe. Even better, I, go to Europe. I, I don't, yeah. I, see, I don't know if I, I don't agree with you on the States thing because I see a lot of, I, I watch a lot of TikTok videos on this particular topic because they always pop up on my For You page because once I watch one, that's how it happens, right? And I see Canadians struggling and I see Ontarians and then I read the comment section and it's people from all over Canada and the United States saying it's not just there. It's not just Ontario. It's, hey, I'm, I'm in New Brunswick. I feel the same fucking way and everyone's coming here and they think it's a better life and it's not. Or, hey, I'm I'm watching this from Texas. It's fucked here too. So th- it depends on what you're doing. Sure, every situation is different. But what I will say is when I look at like those European places, those European cities that are just doing it right, and I'm sure there's lots of different uh, different places that you can think of when I say that, but that's the lifestyle that I, I think is the best. You it's can, the best. I went to France and I was fucking blown away with the way that people live compared to what we do here. Okay, so the only difference I would say there is the cost of living in Europe is a lot more than America. America, you can still live cheap. And I know Americans are pissed off because it's a lot more expensive than it was even a couple of years ago. They've got inflation and interest rate issues as well. But you can still buy a home in America for $100,000. Not the nicest, but you can get a three-bedroom house for hundred. Yeah, no, for sure. Their housing is definitely lower, especially if you get... Like for us, even the, the homes on the outskirts of the big cities are still fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. For them, the homes on the outskirts of those big cities are relatively cheap. Um, but OK, so go, going back to this woman, though, I'd say some of the best advice that, that, that you could get if you're in the, if you find yourself in that scenario and you want to stay in that job and you want to work with it was prepare ahead, prepare in advance your meals, do all those things um, and try to set up a social calendar for yourself as weird as it is to do. Do it. Um, and, and then the other thing is, yeah, question it, question it. Is that really what you want to do? Is that how you want to live your life? Cause change it now, change it while you're young before you do feel trapped and multitask on your commute. I got a 45 minute commute each way. I get a lot done in the car. That's yeah. when I return my calls. That's yeah. when I, uh, meeting sometimes we'll take in the car if we have to, right? Yeah. We're famous for sure. it. Big teams meeting and Scott and Kat are taking it from the car just cause we, we have to, it's just the only way to prioritize our day. And we're also done work when most people are starting. So that doesn't help either. But sure. Either yeah. way, find a way to make it work and find what's best for you because I listened to that girl and I felt nothing but empathy for her. Made me think of my own daughter. 
who's now in the workforce after having just graduated and she's going through the same thing. This is a lot and nothing prepares you for that. And and just ask yourself, actually, I'm going to read one text. We had so many texts on this. We're not going to read a bunch, but I do want to read this one because it kind of sums up what you and I are saying exactly. It's the chicken and the egg. Do we harden up our children and make them tough enough to face the realities of what society expects of them? Or do we grow soft, compassionate children in hopes that someday, if enough of them are raised this way, society as a whole can become more compassionate and value life and balance and enjoyment and implement norms like four-day work weeks, less hours, whatever that means for them? You know which one I, um, I remember? It stood out for me, too, and I think it was right around when Dave's daughter was born. Yeah, uh, we were texting back and forth and, and I got a quote sent to me and it said, no one is going to remember that you worked overtime or no one's going to remember mm-hmm. that you put in extra time on weekends except for your children. So you can go ahead and kill yourself working if you want. If you think it's great to be doing a 40, 50, 55 hour, uh, hours a week, good on you. But it doesn't need to be that way. And it's really only only your family that's going to notice it. Those T-ball games that you miss, those soccer games you miss, those everything that you miss because you were doing too much work. You were too into work. We got to find a way to disconnect. And I think that this stuff like what that woman said, putting Mm -hmm. out that video helps start that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We appreciate your text on this. If you want to continue to text the Scott and Cat text line, you can go ahead. 1-833-915-SHOW. You can DM us at Voice of Cat, Cat with a K and Scott Fox on air about that. Or anything else. And just a reminder, tomorrow's podcast will feature our buddy and uh, real estate pro, Tony Johal, the Tony Johal real estate team. Because yeah. we're talking about the current state of, of you know, when it comes to the economy, the interest rates, houses. We got a ton of questions for him, but we do have time to squeak in yours if you have any personal questions for Tony about your situation. No problem. And then another level, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk Halloween. We're yeah. going to talk haunted houses. What do you need to know as someone purchasing a home about that house? What's legal? Uh, what's okay for them to omit all those fun things so if you have any questions on any of the above uh, we're going to be doing that tomorrow and maybe we'll answer some of your dms as well that we get because i have a feeling we're going to get more dms on this working conversation too i am still at zero messages in my filtered messages i am still caught up yay so if you send a message through i will get it i will see it have a great day everybody see you tomorrow bye